morning once again. Let's pray. Father, I ask for your Holy Spirit to come. I ask that you would give me the words that you want me to share this morning. And I ask you to give us the heart and the ears to receive your word. And uh, let your name be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let me ask you something. Who likes surprises? Anybody like surprises? I am one that is typically difficult, or I can be difficult to surprise. Sometimes the kids and the, you know, will, or, or Lisa will pl- tr- plan on a surprise, not realizing I've known for weeks what is going to go on. I could tell a story about one time in particular, but due to time I won't. But I will tell you one time that they got me better than any other time. And that is when, because I didn't see this one coming at all. When I turned 50, for my 50th birthday, I was sitting in my living room, sitting in, the, in, the, in my chair, which, um, yeah, uh, it was Saturday morning, and I was just waiting to get ready to go to South for either a JV or freshman football game, forget which one, uh, but we were going to get ready to go, and I'm just sitting there, and um, I hear someone come in the door, and, and Susie and Josh are coming in, and and Susie's starting to walk through the kitchen, and I turn around, and there she is walking in with her arms like this with a little tiny ball of fur, a seven-week-old miniature dachshund puppy, long hair, something that I have wanted for years but would never buy myself. I mean, wanted it for years, and they surprised me with it, and they have been working on it. At least had been scouring the paper for ads uh, and, and she knew exactly what she wanted, a female, long hair, miniature, dachshund, seven weeks old. And, it, uh, and, and she found one like a week before because the ad said six weeks old. And so when I got it, it was seven weeks that day. So, I mean, it's exactly what, it, uh, what, I was, what I was wanting, and they walked in with that. They surprised me with it. I had no clue that any of that was going on, no clue that that was planned. I was totally shocked, totally surprised, and um, now the dog is there at the house waiting for us to come home, waiting to greet everyone that might walk by the house with the very loud yapping, barking, and you know, uh, if you know Java, then that's, uh, that's, that's Java. But anyway, I, 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 I was totally surprised. Well, you know, and it, it was a perfect gift, perfect surprise. Well, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. And one of the things about the Holy Spirit is that He's full of surprises. <laughs> you never know when He's, you know, uh, when or where He's going to decide to move or what He's going to do. He is a spirit of surprises. He shows up when we least expect it, and when he shows up, he often brings gifts with him. And, you know, that's what we're going to be talking about today. So I want to start just by looking at a, a passage we've looked at a few times over the past, couple, uh, past few weeks, Acts chapter 2. <clears throat> it's talking about the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit first filled the disciples. It says, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, 
because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all those who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? You see, when the Holy Spirit showed up in Acts 2 and filled the disciples, it surprised them. It amazed them. I mean, the crowd gathered. They, were, they, they couldn't believe. What, what in the world's going on? They were shocked. They were amazed. And so starts the church's journey of this walking with the Holy Spirit, never knowing what He's going to do, when He's going to show up, what gift He's going to give next to do the work of the kingdom. And from that day on and throughout the church's history, the Holy Spirit has been moving and empowering the church to accomplish the mission that Jesus left us here to do. Part of that empowering is through these gifts of the Holy Spirit that we're going to be looking at today. Part of his empowering is that he gives the church these gifts of the Spirit. And the gifts he, he, he gives us, I mean, it's an important part of, of uh, uh, what, what he's doing, important part of his empowering the church. So let's talk about the gifts of the Spirit first by asking, you know, what, what, what are they? First of all, what are we talking about when we talk about the gifts of the Spirit? Well, when t- people talk about the gifts of the Spirit, there's a number of things, but they're most often referring to this list that we have in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This is what Paul writes to the church at Corinth. He says there's different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There's different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There's different kinds of working, but in all of them and in every one, it is the same same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there's given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another, faith by the same Spirit, and to another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another, miraculous powers, and to another, prophecy, to another, distinguishing between spirits, to another, speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one, just as He determines. We have here listed nine gifts of a supernatural nature. And these are typically known as the charismatic gifts. Because the word for gifts in, in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 is charismata. And it means, you know, sometimes it's, it's, it's called, they're called gracelets. Because the root word here is charis or charisma, and it means grace. They are special manifestations of God's presence that bring God's grace and His love. And now, there's other gifts as well. In addition to these you know, gifts listed in 1 Corinthians 12, you've got, we've got additional lists of gifts or mention of gifts. And there, those lists are, or those references are in your uh, handout. We're not going to look through all of them right now, but they contain things like leadership or teaching or you know, encouraging. Uh, there's gifts like you know, the fivefold ministry, apostles, prophets, uh, 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 evangelists, pastors, teachers, and so forth. There's gifts of serving and helps and that, all those things, and they're listed in those other gifts. Uh, and in those lists, there are some. There is some overlap as well as there's some distinction with you know between the lists. They don't all contain the same thing. But for today, we're going to look at the 
uh, turn our focus to the list in 1 Corinthians 12, the charismatic gifts. These are the ones that seem to cause the most confusion at times within the body of Christ and among believers. And part of the confusion is, is, is because of this. See, while we have the gifts listed in 1 Corinthians 12, okay, we have the, the list of the gifts, nowhere in the Bible does it define the gifts. Nowhere does it tell us, okay, this gift is this, and this gift is this. So we have definitions that come from, you know, just what we've observed in Scripture as they're operated, in, and as well as observing them in use in the church. So there's going to be differences in how different groups define them and different peoples define them. And I've got some, some quick definitions here um, uh, that I got mostly from the syllabus uh, from John Wimber's Signs and Wonders Conference I went to a number of years ago. I just pulled a lot of this out of there. So um, he defines the spiritual gifts as the expression of God's power in the world or the church today. Expression of God's power in the world or the church today. Let's go through them. First of all, you've got the message, or it's often called the word, word of wisdom. It's an utterance inspired by God and spoken by an individual. Seeing what God sees and or saying it and applying God's wisdom to a special situation. And that shows God's grace in revealing an, an, uh, an answer when understanding fails us. So that's when, you know, you've got a specific, you know, situation, and, and he supernaturally speaks through someone a word of wisdom, uh, you know, into that situation to apply it. Uh, and then there's word of knowledge, and a lot of these overlap and are related, but a message or a word of knowledge. Um, uh, we see this often when we're praying for someone, and God reveals something about the person or situation that you couldn't have known otherwise. Um, it's an utterance inspired by God and spoken by an individual. It shares the truth of the Spirit, uh, the truth that the Spirit wishes declared concerning a specific occasion, person, or thing. And that shows God's grace as He helps us understand something that we may not have a natural ability to understand. Um, for example, uh, I'll give you an example of this one so you know what we're talking about when we talk about a word of knowledge. I remember one time praying for a young man who had asked for prayers for his eyes. He didn't like the fact that he wore glasses and he wanted me to pray for his eyes. So, you know, um, I can't say that I had faith to, to, to pray that, you know. I've gone through the thing where I stood in quote-unquote faith, otherwise sometimes called presumption, and broke my glasses, you know, thinking, okay, God's healed me. And as you can see, you know, I still need glasses. Um, anyway, so I was praying for this young man, and while I'm praying for him, God, you know, heal his eyes, touch his eyes and that, this thought came to me, and I asked him about his relationship with his father. There's something going on there. And he just started to weep. The reason he wanted me to pray for his eyes is because the fact that he wore glasses in his mind made him less than perfect and he had to be perfect for his father. See, it was that word of knowledge that opened up a whole other area of ministry of of prayer so the you know he, he as far as i know he still wears glasses to this day haven't seen him in a while 
but uh, God ministered to him in the area of his relationship with his father. Um, there's also faith, and this isn't just typical faith that we think of when we think of faith. Um, this is the mysterious surge of confidence which sometimes arises within a person faced with a specific situation or need. It gives a person a transrational certainty and assurance that God is about to act through a word or action. It is both the irresistible knowledge that God wills to intervene at a certain point and the authority to affect his intervention through the power of the Holy Spirit. And it shows the grace of God as we find in ourselves a firm belief that God will act despite the circumstances in front of us. This is a situation <coughs> where God needs to do something and you just know that you know that you know that you know that God is going to act. It's not you really have faith. It's not that you really think he's going to. It's not that you really hope he's going to. It's just you have this confidence that you would bet the farm on it. You would bet the bank. I mean, you know, it's, it's like, I, I just know that God is going to do this. That's, that's when, when the gift of faith is in operation. That happens just when God drops that in your spirit, okay? It's not something you can drum up, not something you can will. It happens as God just gives you that gift in the moment. And there's gifts of healing. And speed up the processes of healing in a sick person. And there's many kinds of illnesses. There are many different healing gifts. Healing is that event or progression which a person receives in the emotional, spiritual, and physical areas of life. Healing shows God's grace as we experience the reality that comes or, or that God cares about our bodies, minds, and is our healer. So gifts of healing, we pretty much know what that is when we pray for someone, we start to see them, you know, start to see them get better. Um, and then there's miraculous powers or, or workings of miracles. Uh, these are events in which people or things are beneficially affected by an extraordinary power of God working through an individual. You know, it shows God's grace in that he, he sometimes, he knows that we sometimes need a wake-up call to remind us that he's alive and that he's near. So, you know, this would be, you know, a miraculous thing where, where somebody is, is like there's an instantaneous healing when you pray for somebody. Or, you know, when somebody's uh, 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 praying and, the, and the, the laws of nature are just suspended for a moment while God moves and God acts. You know, miraculous powers. Prophecy. Prophecy is the declaring is declaring the message of God to his church for the purpose of edification. It's not a skill, it's not an aptitude, it's not a talent. It's the actual speaking forth of words given by the Spirit in a particular situation, and it ceases when the words given by the Spirit cease. This may be given in a poetic form sometimes, or it could come in song. And it shows us God's grace as he speaks through ordinary people. We're not talking here about necessarily about somebody with a, you know, title prophet or whatever. You know, this is like just somebody in the church and they're prophesying and they're, you know, God is speaking through them. And then there's distinguishing of spirits or discernment. And this is different than what we often think of as a discernment. Because distinguishing of spirits or discerning of spirits, 
It's a supernatural capacity to judge whether the spirit in operation has a source that is human, demonic, or divine. In other words, is the spirit that's operating in this person or in this situation, it is, are they just operating out of their own human spirit? Is there a demonic spirit in operation here? Or is it the spirit of God in operation? The discerning of spirit is how, how you would tell in that. Speaking in tongues, the one that most people want to ask about. You know, I never have anybody, very rarely have I ever had anybody say to me, well, do, do, you, um, do you believe in seeing people healed at your church? Or do you believe in, 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 in faith at your church? Or do you, you know, but I don't know how many times I've had people ask me, and it's always quiet. I remember one time at People's Park, somebody came up to me. You know, we're handing out hot dogs to people and, you know, and free food and all of that. And somebody comes up, um, do we believe in tongues? <laughs> you know, and, and it's it, because it's such, become such a focus for much of the church because it's so in, misunderstood. And to answer that, yes, we do. We believe in all the gifts of the Spirit. They've been given to the church, given to the church for a reason, given for a purpose, and they've never been you know, discontinued or taken away. They've always been there in ebbs and flows, you know, throughout church history. So speaking in tongues is spirit-inspired, spontaneous, spontaneous utterances in which the conscious mind plays no part. In other words, you're speaking a language, and it could be an earthly language or an angelic language, and you don't know what you're speaking. You've not learned the language. You've never understood it. Um, it's you don't know, but it's 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 your your body is speaking, your mouth is speaking, but your mind does not know the meaning of what you're saying. And um, it's used privately by a believer and can be used at will for edification, uh, their own edification. It can also be used in a public setting. Uh, you know, there's sometimes somebody will have an, an ecstatic utterance following an anointing from God. Um, it's a prayer language for personal use and for corporate worship. Um, and it shows God's grace in allowing us, uh, uh, you know, such a unique and powerful ex experience. Um, now, when it is given in a public setting, it's required that there also be someone there with the next gift, which is the gift of interpretation. But the gift of tongues is one that, that you can use in your own prayer time. There's times when I just don't know how to pray about a specific situation. You know, I'm praying and I've said everything I know to say, or I just don't know how to pray and I will start praying in tongues. And that is, you know, when the whole, that, what the, what's going on there is the Holy Spirit is telling my spirit how to pray. And that's always according to the will of God because it's the Holy Spirit directing it. So um, uh, that's, that's that. But, you know, the next gift, the last one is the interpretation of tongues. When there is a, a, a message in tongues or speaking in tongues in a corporate setting that's out for the church to hear, then there needs to be somebody there with a gift of interpretation or the person that was used in the gift of tongues needs to pray that they would receive the interpretation. And that is the God-given inspiration 
to speak in the language of the listeners, giving to them the dynamic equivalent of that which was spoken by the speaker in tongues. It's not a translation. It's a dynamic equivalent. Now, what is the difference? You know, pretty much when you go for a transfer tr translation, you're going, for the most part, word for word, you know, as much as you can between languages and that. And if something is, you know, this long, then the translation will be that long. With an interpretation, the original tongue and the interpretation, one can be very short and the other one quite lengthy or vice versa, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not just a word for word, it's, it's the dynamic equivalent of what was uh, spoken. Um, and both tongues and interpretation can be given in song. Um, I, I, I remember as a, as a new Christian one time, I was in a service, and we, everybody was worshiping, and, um, and, uh, uh, it, it was somebody was 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 singing apparently singing in the spirit. Okay, Bible talks about singing in the spirit, the singing in tongues. Somebody was was doing that, and um, boy, it's been so long ago. But uh, afterwards, I was talking to somebody, and, and they said how oh, how beautiful it was, and it was like, well, you know, well, yeah, but what are you talking about? It turned out, well, the church heard it. In tongues, I heard it in English. Okay? Just like in the book of Acts, chapter 2, they were speaking in a language that they, well, they, they were actually speaking in a language that they didn't know, and the people were hearing it in their own language. Now, whether I, I've had people ask, now, does that mean that they were speaking the other language and the people are hearing it, or were they speaking their language and the miracle was that the people were hearing it in their own language? You see, you see what I'm saying? And I don't know, does it really matter? You know, there was a miracle there, you know? So anyway, that's just a brief, a brief working definition, whatever, of those gifts. You can go a lot farther, a lot more in depth in all of those. But those are the nine charismatic gifts of the Spirit. God gives them to us. He gives them to the church. Why? Because we need them. We need them. He wants us to use them, but He wants us to use them properly. So how do I use the gifts? Uh, uh, first of all, it's important to understand their purpose. That's clearly laid out for us in these two verses. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. Now to each one, the manifestation or the gift of the Spirit is given for the common good. And 1 Corinthians 14, 12. Since you're eager for the gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that build up the church. So they're given for the common good. They're given to benefit the whole church. Not just one person, all of us. They're given for the body to minister to all. They're, they're, they aren't given to build up an individual's ministry or to make anybody look good. They're given that so that the church would be built up and strengthened. So, you know, we need the tools to be operating in the church. That you know, We need the tools that, that he's given us. We need to use them to accomplish the mission that he's given us. So they're to be used for the common good. But also, we need to check our motivation when we use them. And, you know... 
the church at Corinth, there the the gifts were used fluently. I mean, I mean, just just a lot. But they had a little trouble with them, <clears throat> and you know, because they were being seen as you know this person operated in this gift, so they were more spiritual than this person who operated in this one or this one that didn't, you know, hadn't used any yet. And it was like a rank of how, you know, spiritual person is. Um, and that was totally blowing it. So as Paul's writing to the church about this, correcting them in this, right in the middle of his discussion on what the gifts are and how they're to be used and all that, he writes what's known, it's come to be known as the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13. It's right in the middle. Beautiful chapter. You hear it a lot at weddings. We should, we should recite it at weddings. You hear it uh, talked on a lot, just pulled out and talked about, well, this is what love is, this is what love is not, this is what love looks like. Beautiful, poetic, it's wonderful. But we've got to realize that it was originally written in the context of Paul's writing about the gifts of the Spirit. Listen to it, the, 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 the first few verses of it. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and have, if I have a faith that can move mountains, he's just listed tongues, prophecy, and faith. <clears throat> so if I have these things, you know, but do not have love, I'm nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give my body over to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I'm nothing. He's referring to the use. It's written in the context of the use of the gifts of the Spirit. And he's being very blunt, and he's saying, look, this stuff, none of it amounts to anything unless it's done in love. It's got to be done in love, or, or it's, it's, it's worthless. If love is not our motivation, then we're nothing. He's being very blunt and being, bold, being very bold. First Peter says in uh, uh, chapter 4, he says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. And then he says, use them to serve one another. You have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ, all glory and power to Him forever and ever. So we use the gifts to serve one another. When we love each other by serving each other, then God is glorified, and that's our motivation. Our motivation is to be for the love of others and the glory of God. So, what does all this mean? It's not about us. It's about loving others by serving them. And as we do that, God is glorified. 1 Corinthians 12, now you are the body of Christ and each of you is a part of it. And God has placed in church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, and miracles and gifts of healing, of helps, uh, guidance, and different kinds of tongues. God has placed variety in the church. Variety of people, of personalities, of talents, of gifts, and you're included in that. See, you're here for a reason. Every single one of us. God wants you in the game, not in the sidelines. God designed that you would be on his team. And he put you here to be part of this part of his team, Team Vineyard. 
And the wonderful thing about God's team is this. Everyone gets to play. And that means you. Every single one. So what do you do? Here's an idea. Something really simple I want, you, I, I want to encourage you to do. Every day, start off your day. Just st start doing this as a habit. Every day, start off your day with a very simple prayer. God, use me today. Help me to see what you want me to see and give me the tools I need to do your work today. That's it. God, use me today. Help me to see what you want me to see and give me the tools that I need to do your work today. Simple. And then be aware. He may give you a word of knowledge about a struggling coworker, somebody that shared a difficulty with you and you're, you've been praying for him, or a word of wisdom. He may give you a gift of healing when you ask if you can pray for somebody. He may give you all of a sudden just a, 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 a gift of being able to pray in tongues when you don't know how to pray in English. You never know what he's going to give you until you begin to ask. So pray that every day. God, use me. Help me to see what you want me to see and give me the tools I need to do your work today. And not just for a day or two or a week or two, but just make it a part of your daily routine from here on out. Put a reminder in your phone until you get in the habit if you need to. And then go about your day with your ears and eyes open and expect God to use you. Use the gifts. Begin to expect them. See, when God looks for someone to use, he doesn't look for the most talented. He looks for the most available. And then he will give you what you need. So let's let him know that we're available. I'm going to have the worship team come up. We're going to wrap.